0: Somewhere in Sega headquarters around 2003.
1: So guys, I have an amazing idea for a strategy game.
0: Great. Another
2: Sakura Wars game.
3: Are we doing the columns thing again or what?
1: No, this is a new idea for a strategy game set in World War II.
2: Aren't there enough games about World War II?
3: There aren't that many. Oh, I I don't know. There's Wolfenstein, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Medal of Honor, Medal of Under Underground. Battlefield 1942.
1: Okay, so there's more than I thought.
3: I mean, there's also the shooter series, you know, 1942, 1943, the Battle of Midway, 1941, Counterattack. Oh, okay,
1: okay, I get it.
3: Activision bought some studio that's working on one. Who knows where that's going to go?
1: Oh, okay, yes, World War II is popular. But here's the twist. We're going to make it colorful and charming, like a Sakura Wars. <laughs> Wouldn't that be... Kind of tasteless? That's the thing. It won't actually be said in World War II. It will be an alternate reality where the continent is called Europa.
2: Okay, interesting. How are we going to get around, you know, the part of World War II that makes people uncomfortable?
1: I thought we could just make the war about resources. Everyone gets it when you fight over fuel.
3: Okay, I'm intrigued.
2: Just keep working on it, man. If they ever make a third PlayStation, we'll call you.
3: All right, thank you for your time. Do you really think we need another strategy series right now? I mean, we have Soccer Wars, What could another RPG series do for us?
1: Did I hear someone say they
2: wanted another strategy RPG series? Get back to your office. Shining Force Neo isn't going to program itself. Oh, okay.
0: In the early 2000s, Kelly Ryan and Matt Mason were sent to Backlog Prison for the crime of owning too many games. These RPG gamers promptly escaped with help from their staff to the internet underground. Today, still drowning in unplayed games, they survive as podcasters with no fortune. If you have a backlog, if no one else can help, well, you've already found them. It's our 18 of RPG Backtrack.
4: Welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast for your weekly news, Q&A Quest for your weekly feedback, and we're your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I'm your host, Kelly Ryan, and the Edelweiss to my Alicia, I've got my podcast partner in crime here, Matt Mason.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank goodness I don't have the uh, opening role this time. I'm glad to have uh, number one back here. And Dean, now you're
4: taking off for uh, so summer break.
0: Yes, yes. We're hopping in the car in about a week from this recording and we're going to drive. I, I think I've I've been telling people 33 states and actually today sat down and looked at it on the map and yeah, it's going to be about 32 34 states that we're going to try to hit in about uh about 35 days
4: that sounds so. like a lot of driving i hope gas prices don't get bad again
0: oh yeah the second that war broke out i'm like well there goes another five hundred thousand dollars and ballparking it that's about what it's going to be
4: i mean it natural it naturally rises towards the summertime anyway but i think this mm-hmm. year it just R- rose significantly more
0: oh yeah it's at least a, do- a dollar a gallon up and you know doing the math i'm like you know it's every 20 miles in the minivan we only get that uh, you know every 20 take take our trip divide it by 20 and so many extra dollars that's going to be mixed in there
4: and this is why in the skit I, we said that uh everybody can relate to resource prices <laughs> um yeah
3: because
4: we're, we're talking I, i'm gonna call it valkyrie profile at least once the show i apologize valkyria chronicles is what we're talking about <laughs> um i've got uh, a couple of guests here that are eager to talk about this game we've got josh carpenter hey hey robert albright
3: the, the sniper's eye is strong
4: Pascal Takaia reporting for duty sir and Michael wheels apps
0: hello oh
3: so yeah
4: full gamut it's great to have all you all you guys on
3: always always a pleasure to be able to participate
4: yeah and it seems like this game is going to be kind of a popular one because um for a while it seemed like kind of a cult ps3 hit and then the steam version came out and then the series suddenly got popular
1: well at least everybody bought it on steam <laughs>
5: Can can you tell? Then
1: everybody buys everything on Steam.
5: Did Mm -hmm. is this did this series ever reach a level that could be called popular?
1: I don't know. Like uh, Sega thought it was, so they brought it back, and then I'm not sure it did so well. Uh, We'll find out.
4: Like I said, I always feel like it's a cult hit. Um, Like one of one of sleeper titles that doesn't do gangbusters, but the ones that that does release does at least well enough for that series, and the fans are passionate. And I I think it deserves that status because even I played a little bit of it and I was enjoying my time with it um, for the most part. For the most part,
1: there's there's a caveat there.
4: Yeah, well, you know, when you have to reload your save 50 times because you keep screwing it up, uh, it could be a little annoying, but that was me and my terrible learning curve for you.
1: But that's previewing the main event.
4: Yes, yes, that is previewing the main event. Um, good to have you guys good to be back. Good to have you guys back. I definitely missed you guys um last show. Uh I, I was stuck in a hotel room while it was being recorded and it's like I wonder if my Wi Fi is well good enough to be on. No, oh. but uh, I've I mean, also go- on, but
2: thank you. Oh yeah.
4: <laughs> um and I don't, I don't, I think it would have been, but I also had work conferences all week that week and had to uh, get up pretty early. And there, there was a lot of drinking involved. Um, thankfully, I didn't <laughs> drink. I mean, thankfully, I didn't drink that much, but man, my coworkers are wine drinkers. And every night at the restaurants, it was just wine and beer. And it's like, I would have my two drinks because I had drink tickets. And then it's like, okay, I'm cutting off because I don't want to be hungover in the morning and yeah needless to say i am happy to be back in wichita after a week in atlanta for work stuff and doing what i love recording podcasts with my best buddies
0: excellent well welcome back thank you
4: and yeah i i think we'll uh pass this intro on with a musical interlude and then go just right into the main event stick around We're back to talk about Valkyria Chronicles, um, originally released on the PlayStation 3 and, um, on November 4th, 2008. So a little over, I want to say 14 years ago, if my math's correct. Or maybe, you know what, I'm not going to bother. Not,
5: I'm
2: Not quite 14 yet? Yeah, no, November, sorry. November, right?
4: Yeah, um, it, it was a while. I, I remember seeing this game on uh, on the shelves at GameStop and thinking, oh, this must be like a, a Valkyrie profile game, right? No, it wasn't. Um, it, it began development in as early as 2003, where um, Shintaro Tanaka and Ryutaro Nonaka, um, who had both worked on the soccer awards games was talking about wanting to make a new strategy game and they kind of wanted to make a dramatic war story but then make it kind of colorful and nice
1: looking and they they certainly accomplished that
3: slightly more grounded yep. than sakura wars yeah uh, it, colorful nice and man does that game pull at your heartstrings
4: <laughs> yeah just just a tad so uh t- tell me about the story i i played it but i didn't get very far
1: um so, so it is very much just like a, a reimagining of World War II in a faux Europe. So you have this country of Gallia that's sandwiched between the Federation, which is like this group of democracies, ostensibly, and then you have the Empire, the Imperial um, uh, forces on the opposite side. And Gallia is rich in ragnite, which is basically this game's version. We'll just call it oil, essentially. You know, they make everything out of it. It, it runs their cars and tanks. They make medicine out of it. Ragnite does everything. It's magic, magic rocks, basically. <laughs> so, of course, you know, because Galia has lots of magic rocks, everybody wants, wants a piece of Galia. And the Empire um, and the Federation get involved in the second big war between these two blocks of uh, powers. And Galia gets involved once again, and the Empire just comes invading in. And so that's where our, the, the main character is Welkin, who is the son of like a very famous general from the First European War. And he meets uh, Alicia in his hometown as he's going back to kind of help his adoptive sister isara kind of like pack up and get out of town before he the gets empire arrested shows up by her. yes gets ar- yeah right at the very beginning gets arrested as being a suspicious person because he's like uh sitting there and drawing uh Wilkin is completely uh ridiculously fascinated with nature to a insane degree yes <laughs> and he gets arrested right at the beginning of the game because he's sitting there drawing fish and uh, Alicia thinks it's suspicious that he's sitting there, you know, drawing in a in a little notebook here while the, you know, the country's being invaded and everybody's running away. So, of course, you know, th- this is a a normal thing because his dad was a general. I- instead of just having a car in their their back garage, they had a uh, tank still sitting left over from the last war. They had but their dad. Did not tank.
2: know about, by the way?
1: So. Well, well it was like I think it was like he didn't know that it was still working because he saw has been uh maintaining it in secret
2: I don't think he knew it was there <laughs> I feel okay. like, I feel like when 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 it's revealed he it's like a surprise to him at least that's the way I remember
5: it yeah that sounds right I'm pretty sure he's just what is what's this thing
4: <laughs> you mean your dad doesn't keep a tank in the garage why not
3: <laughs> I mean it does, doesn't does a jaguar count? no that's not a tank
2: i mean what he's been what um when the the game starts he's been off to school i think right like he i think it's
1: yeah, he's off at college
2: yeah he hasn't been home in i don't know a year or two like, yeah. he you know he's flown the nest and he's returned recently or he's like, he's on his way back at as the game starts so i guess it's possible that there are some new developments at home that he wouldn't know about but i'm pretty sure the tank has just been there forever
1: i think i think wilkins like 20 and xara was like 17 or 16 something like that a few years between them but, but that's that's how the the game the initial setup is so um Galia is kind of like I don't know what the analog if you're you're desperate to match it up to Europe as a whole you know want to stick it as Poland you know kind of one of those that's what countries I thought too, yeah kind of one of those countries that kind of stuck between
5: two of the big power
1: yeah. powers and... sort
5: of I forget where it actually is on the map but isn't it kind of in that area anyway yeah, yeah kind it's,
3: of. It, it's in that area. More, more so closer to I want to say Lithuania area actually. Well,
5: you know, well, like
1: I mean, it has that faux.
2: It has a parallel of it's, you know, it's being invaded as like the what is uh, it's it's the the opening shot of the war basically, right? It's the invasion of this country. So I think that's like a heavy parallel to Poland.
1: And and, and the parallels for World War Two kind of like go through because. You have in this uh, fantasy world, you have the Darksons, who are the minority group who are very much reviled by, I think it's fair to say everybody, Um, you know, like varying degrees. The Empire like treats them absolutely like second class citizens and, you know, like has slave camps full of them. Uh Galia, there's a little bit more tolerance to them, but you have people who just openly, you know, who will be openly racist against yeah. the Darksons.
4: Yeah, that that first part time when my party member was like, I'm not sharing my battalion with the dark hair. It was like, oh, yeah. this is cringy.
1: Well, it's it's cringy, but I mean, it's doing it for a point. I oh think yeah, I yeah,
4: yeah. No, t- I mean, don't get me wrong. I I appreciate that it's willing to go there. It's just <laughs> given what's what's going on in real life now, it's just weird to see it in a video game
2: yeah. put it that way. When there's also the um, for, when when Welkin comes home, there's a couple of imperial soldiers who have uh, um, like they've made their way inside of his house and they're um, threatening. I think the maid and his, and and welcome sister who it turns out is a darkson because she's only his (laughs) adoptive sister and before he gets there to you know basically rescue her they're they're saying stuff like i i don't remember verbatim but they're calling her names they're saying you know they realize she's a darkson they say she stinks i think they call her like pig or piggy or i don't know something like that yeah um and it's almost like like at, at at first blush it's like wow these are like comically evil guys right but then you mm-hmm. like but it it isn't like out of the it's it, it's it's not out of it is re, it's like reality you know like that's oh yeah that's not even like over the top that is you know mildly that's that's mild if anything to what what was really you know the reality of the situation
1: well and that's part of the thing like when i was playing the game that i appreciated about it was that Like, it's not only that they are they painting like the Empire, the Imperials that way, you know, you have some of your main characters in your own (laughs) in your own party start out like that. They are just as they can be just as mean and vile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's realistic, you know, like there would be racist people even in Galia, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure.
3: Now, to, to preface this, because um, uh, we've kind of glossed over, part of the reason the darsons are treated this way is um, in the history of the world, they used to control this power source, and they are the ones who are most adept of manipulating it, and they co- tried to basically conquer the world and now they're basically subjugated because of that so that
1: is yeah the 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 history is that the the darksons were controlling this this whole area of europa and then the valkyria came in and kind of like took over from the evil darksons and freed people is kind of the the story that has been passed down through the millennia it's kind of like so far in the past it's you know fable essentially but
4: but if triangle strategy taught me anything it's that people make up stuff about uh history right
1: Uh, uh, that what what an astute observation (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like that might be happen here too
5: yeah in fact when i was playing triangle strategy it actually very much reminded me of this game it's it's almost like the exact same kind of thing. They both. I don't know uh, what game you
2: guys are talking about. Backtrack <sighs> usually covers games two years after they're out. Isn't that is that game not coming out in two years?
4: Oh, the game's already out, and who knows? Oh, we may okay. bend the rules a little bit to get to, to get to Triangle Strategy sooner, since we yes. all played it. But back to Valkyria, I'm just saying that, you know, it's interesting seeing similar themes in different games, especially games about war.
1: Mm -hmm. And then I think the, the other couple of things that Valkyria, like stepping away from the story for a moment... The other things it's kind of known for is one like probably it's art style which is just incredible what is it like it looks like it's drawn and it's a little bit of like a watercolor effect it's called mm-hmm. the canvas engine and it's just it was just i remember the first time i you know when i was playing the game even back on the ps3 it just looks stunning and even today like it still just looks i think amazing. it's like a
2: watercolor cell shading kind of a
1: little bit mm-hmm. but then there's these um. like weird unique um like almost comic book effects that they also use yep. you know like the tanks are driving around and then there's the onomatopoeia vroom vroom coming up out of, mm. off or, of or it.
3: the big kabooms when you shoot them with with like rockets and stuff
1: it, it's got a very interesting and unique style
3: but it, but it did it so well it 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 honestly i mean the graphics for that game have really stood up I mean, they, I they really think, have
4: <laughs> I, I particularly sorry i particularly love the red tata when you shoot your yes
5: game. <laughs> it's very satisfying very it's so cute yeah well, I mean, it's,
3: So,
2: So I mean, you, you have this, it's this gritty story, and I mean, it's this, like, fairly recent past of, like, human history, and it's very well known how atrocious it is, right? And the game doesn't...
1: It, pull it doesn't shy away from it, no, right? not
2: at all. You know, even, like, as far as violence, I mean, there's no, like, I guess it's not, like, on-screen blood, but, I mean, in, even in, like, the intro scenes, like, civilians are being gunned down. And um. so I guess the art style is a way to make it, it is, like, it would be such an oppressive game otherwise, but I feel like it has, weirdly, it has an opposite effect. Um, like, the well, art style is so calming, you know?
4: Well, and I think about how this game came out in the era of the brown shooter, where everything was brown yeah. and realistic, and, they, they, and then they put this game out, and it, it's bright and colorful, and everything looks like a painting, but it's still a very serious story, and to me that worked, and it didn't,
2: yeah.
4: it could have come off as so jarring, but they did such a wonderful job with it.
2: I think I think part of that is also because it, it presents the world in like such a uh, it's you know it's vibrant it's like it's nice it's like a, it looks like a place where you kind of want to go and I think it helps with that whole idea of well this is why I want to play the game and 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 win for these people to you know mm-hmm. to save their land because their land is just beautiful um plus also I think the two like graphical styles that have that hold up consistently over time would be like pixel art and anything that's like cell shading yeah. related or or, um, adjacent to it like this one. Yeah.
3: I would argue on cell shading Because some cell shading has not aged well Wild Arms 3, good example of Cell shading not aging well But this, it's, some do This one definitely has stood way better Than a lot yeah. of graphics engines have it's, it's so unique
1: Totally And then the other unique thing Is the, the marriage that Sega made Between a strategy RPG And a third person action game So when you're playing this you you start out with an overhead map like a like a normal strategy rpg and then you have all your little characters on the on the map that that you get to kind of decide which ones you're going to put on your starting point and then whenever you want to move a character you swap into a a third person action mode and unlike uh you know like most strategy rpgs when you're in this third person action mode the enemies are still going to be shooting at you they have interception fire they call it so the 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 enemy shock troopers will open up with machine gun fire when if they can if they're looking your way and you're within range they'll start shooting at you so that becomes one of the the parts of it is it, it's not just a matter of like taking my character moving him into moving him to this spot and then you know killing the enemy it's about like it, part of the strategy may even be how do i get from point a to point b without getting my guy killed mm-hmm yeah
3: and then add on to that too is um and and it's the same in reverse too so when the enemies are moving your units can be taking pot shots at them too so it's it's very interesting it's a very interesting thing using cover fire in that situation well
2: stuff like that is often an optional thing uh, think of um think of XCOM. um overwatch is an, an optional ability that you have to expend you know whatever XCOM calls it you know battle points or ability points or whatever you have to have some kind of um leftover points at the end of your turn to activate overwatch if i remember right <laughs> yeah uh, but in valkyria that's it's it's an automatic or is it only if you're in cover i can't remember but it, like no it, it's it automatic Yeah. Either. It's automatic yeah so it, it's an it's an extra ability basically it's an extra attack when mm-hmm. um and it doesn't cost anything so like that scene and, and there's other um uh, you know other other things that they've done to hmm, like kind of ease up i guess on the battle system such as your characters recover health every turn um mm-hmm certain ammunition's restock. I know um I know grenades restock each turn or at least like or like you get like one one grenade back per turn
1: or something like that. Mm-hmm. Same same thing with um, the lancers, they get they get one back every turn. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But the game is still but but even with that, like even with those concessions, the game gets challenging.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
4: Um p- part of my learning curve with this is is basically having to tell myself each time you ain't playing Fire Emblem yeah, you don't no. just move move each dude willy nilly. <laughs> you gotta take advantage of those multiple turns.
2: Is there anything like worthwhile left to cover in the story? I mean, we kind of set up the backstory, and obviously the the point of the game is you know the the revolution, right? The liberation of of Galia. Yeah,
5: I mean the, yeah. the story is very good, but I think generally it's straightforward. <laughs> It's more about sure. the characters themselves yeah. like the squad and stuff like that we haven't really talked about the squad yet i mean that's that's not and i don't want to say that like it's a necessarily a bad thing but just you know there's just not really
3: i, I think the story of the game the overarching story to set up is the war in Gallia. but the story itself is the dynamics of a squad going to war with these different people who are from these different backgrounds
5: yeah and all and... The, and them learning to Learning more about each other and learning to work together, becoming friends, things like that. You, you sound like an after school special right now. <laughs>
0: Are there changes a just around the corner? I was going to say after school then, special or just your JRP tells trope? you not
5: to do drugs. <laughs>
4: A- and then and having a characters, special. and then having characters from other games show up, and then at first you're like, "Wait, why is Vice here?" And then it's like, "Sega, why you gotta do me dirty like that?"
5: What's a Vice?
4: The vice from uh, I know these guys yeah, Oh, I know. I'm
5: just being a jerk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh. you are a jerk.
4: Because <laughs> I-, I was on Discord when I saw that, and I was I was just screaming, "Why is Sega gonna- gotta tease me?" And just goes, well, it is the same people that worked on that. Like I know, but this. This is the racing game. Is the only other time we've seen Vice.
3: Yeah. They even make comments about uh, him because there's actually one that looks like all uh, you know, all three of those characters. And if you unlock um, them high enough, where you can get their full uh, like backstory, you know, the full bios, they even mm-hmm. comment about the three of them being friends mm-hmm. and how they went, you know, disappeared after the war on an adventure. <laughs> Sega so did so dirty. <laughs> So,
4: so we're saying that Valkyria and Skies are set in the same universe. That's that's my
3: headcanon. Yeah, yeah, that, that, sure. that's correct. Is it is the it sure. same universe sure. or was it like parallel universes? Sure. I forget which one it kind of hinted at. It hinted at one of those, actually,
2: though. Well, when does Arcadia take place? Because Valkyria is very specific. It takes place in 1935, not by coincidence.
4: You know, I don't remember when Arcadia takes place now. It's been so long.
2: Well, we were future. talking about parallels to the real world. So, I mean, that's, you know, deliberate. 1935 is when 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 that game begins.
4: I I don't know, but uh, but back to the Vulcarian chronicles. I was just kidding about that, by the way. But um, yeah, ha- having a bunch of squad members and learning their different personalities throughout the game, um, for better and for worse. Cause I very much I I, I think it was an engineer named Hector in my party that he has a a, a perk called lazy where he just won't do anything. And it was like, you lazy bastard. Why did I pick you? And finding out that a lot of people have, uh, quote unquote, quirks like that. They
1: all do. Like, every, yeah, all of your characters will have, you know, some of them will have, like, a pollen allergy. And then when you run them through the grass, they'll they'll get, like, a, a small debuff. Or, you know, like, they'll have, uh, like... Some of them will like urban environments and get like a small buff. All of the characters, all every single one, even, you know, not just the, the major characters, but every single person you put into your party has these perks that are like small buffs, small negatives sometimes they like certain other characters and get like a small buff if you put them together all these these weird little things that where they fleshed out even the characters who don't get any story
3: mm-hmm. yeah and and even with that um the characters um with their and they all have they all have like one or two positives or one to three positives and because there's four perks per character, no matter what. And all of them have at least one negative perk. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. So picking the right people for the right maps is a thing. It's it's really involved with, you know, who you take onto each mission. Like some of them will like desert areas. Some of them like the urban. I mean, some of them are better against tank damage. Some of them are weaker against tank damage. I mean, there's so many different perks. And another thing is, each of them, whenever they're doing anything, have their own lines. There's no, like, preset lines for, you know, just like all all your, you know, a whole set of units. No. Every single character has their own like, voice and lines and stuff unique to them. So, see you know, playing them on the different maps is actually really fun because of that.
1: And then, of course, there's Alicia, who's just absolutely broken by the time you get to the, into the game with her perks yeah. With, yeah. with with ones where she gets like double movement or oh yeah i can just i, I died well i just get another you know full life health <laughs>
4: I think my absolute favorite thing about the, this game, though, is that it's the classes that level up and not the people, because yes. having to manage, not only having to manage that many people would just drive me insane, but later on um, you can recruit different people with different perks in your party. Um, so I think you're kind of encouraged to mix and match and not just stick with, like, what this, what is it, the same 10 characters? 20. 20. Um, And, and I really appreciate that they, that they thought of head like that so that you could try like oh well, here's this new person let's try him out
3: mm-hmm. yeah, and and going going back to the bios like um as you level them up and whatnot you actually find and perf- have them perform certain tasks you've learned more about each individual character's history um like one of them was a baker one of them was a mom one of them's like a noble who you know is supporting more um one of your preset party members was a barb uh bar went basically.
4: Was that Rosie? That was Rosie. Okay,
3: that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, no. So I mean that, that was um she she was basically a barmaid.
2: Well the um the game doesn't let you forget that um Alicia is a baker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, like multiple side stories where they even delve back into it, yeah.
2: Does any character have a perk um, or a um, or a trait of uh, gluten allergy or, or anything like that?
1: <laughs> I don't think so, but that would have been hilarious.
2: <sighs> then you... They, they would probably not get along with her on the battlefield. Alicia. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> have to stay away from Alicia. <laughs>
2: I'm never... I'm not like a fan of that in any game, by the way, where you have to... um. Uh, match your um, characters. Like a strategy game where you have to watch out for who likes whom. So that's nice that they get perks, but to me that doesn't really outweigh the um, annoyance of having to like make sure you don't place people n- near each other that dislike each other. I don't know. I, I get it like for the realism, but um, it's not, I don't Brandy, like that I, I don't mechanic.
1: think these really like make or break the game any, by any means. Like You can totally ignore it and be fine games. Yeah.
4: yeah, I didn't pay that much attention to it and was fine.
1: It's just kind of like a little something to make the characters feel slightly more real and rounded. We haven't talked
2: about the um, the uh, the the one character that's definitely out of the out of the realm of realism Our, on the uh, on the on the Empire side.
1: Oh, Selvaria.
4: I had only just gotten to her um, by the time the show
1: started. I mean, she's kind of the 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 tragic figure in the game, <laughs> despite being on the. On the Empire side, I mean, like, when you get her entire backstory about the way she was, you know, had spent her entire life, uh, you know, basically being experimented on, and then Maximilian came along and just kind of, like, took her out of that, you can kind of, like, understand, like, why someone would be completely devoted to a person who had done that. And then, you know, kind of at the end of the game, Maximilian just kind of tosses her aside, you know, for his own purposes.
4: Yeah, that's kind of shitty. Only a tool to be used.
2: The Empire is shitty. Yep. Um,
4: <laughs> th- Does she join you after being tossed aside? No.
1: no. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> they, no. She, they, 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 uh, well, well, we'll spoil everything, I guess. Yeah, they, they, she has the ability to kind of turn into a nuclear weapon, essentially.
3: Oh. And, and, and boy, does she do it?
1: Yeah, she always
2: reminded me of Cosmos.
4: She even kind of looks like her in a way.
2: Oh, yeah, it's probably the main reason why, to be honest.
3: Yeah, although bigger assets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <Andy sighs> broke out the tape measure, huh? <laughs> Went up to your
5: TV screen to take detailed readings, did you? Damn it, Tam! It's not Neptunia this week.
0: <laughs> Don't the strategy guides usually publish those numbers anyway?
5: Um,
3: I I can go look. I own it. Wait,
0: were were there instructional manuals back then?
3: There, um, I own the strategy guide for Valkyria Chronicles. I do.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> I love uh, it. When we'll I said I can go look,
3: I, I do mean I can go look. I just have to find it.
2: Again, well we'll. But one thing we'll know her blood type for sure.
3: <laughs> that is true,
0: I'm sure that's in there. That's um, all, yeah.
2: I just remember, unfortunately, the main thing I remember about her is uh, a very annoying boss battle against her.
1: Which one? There were several. <laughs> just uh, replaying the game, I'm like, they were all kind of annoying in their oh, own geez. ways.
2: The one that sticks out most to me is it's I don't know, um, it's something where she's running around on like. The battlements of a castle wall or something along those lines
1: oh yes yeah and, and she has like a, a machine gun sniper rifle yeah that yeah. one's awful <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay. so that, that that's kind of one of the the other things like the game is known for is like these weird difficulty spikes that yeah. that often uh will you know like sometimes go along with giant tanks probably the that the other thing the game is known for So has Kelly made it to the first one of those huge spikes?
4: Yeah, that was my goal to at least get to that one and get through it. And it was one of those things where it's like, huh, I don't see why this is hard. I just have to hit the three radiators. And then I hit radiator two and all of a sudden this blue chick just comes out of the woodwork and can run across <laughs> the entire screen and just ends to kill anybody that she runs across. I was like, oh, this is why this map is hard.
1: Well and unfortunately, like if you're you know if your forces are strung out in just the wrong way, she may come along and just like kill almost your entire party.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was pretty spread out at that point.
1: There there's um, no way there's absolute there's maybe the slightest hint that something like that might happen but you have no clue that she's going to be like that nasty and that powerful
3: I, I i had sort of gone into it expecting something bad to happen so i i actually got through it on my first try but i'm probably one of the unique cases for that battle um, for the for those wondering, we're talking about the battle in the desert, with the, chapter seven, uh, part uh, part two, I believe. The one with the sandstorm,
2: yeah. is that the one you're referring to?
4: No, the one with the giant tank with the oh, okay, front yes. and rear turrets.
3: Yeah, where where you have yeah. So I I actually took a lot of lancers into that fight, and um, I ended up lancing out the small turrets on the tank, so that way they couldn't take out my people, and then um, you know using the and then i was like so close to the boss by the time she like i tried to get everyone close to the boss first before i started taking out the the radiator so i had no issue with it because i was basically done before she really even got close to any of my units
4: um what was driving me crazy is that for some and even though i was hitting the rune walls for some reason i could not get the guy to fire the cannon to make the radiators come out
1: mm. see like i think they kind of mentioned that that you can destroy the knock down those walls are there are they show you doing that happening in the first one and you're supposed to kind of catch on that you're supposed to kind of knock down the other walls in its way so that it'll mm-hmm. actually fire the cannon but it's yeah. not it, it's not exact very explicit about it no it's not and that that's definitely one of the problems in the first game there are just times when it's a little too vague on what what you need to do or or and i think that's something they got much better at in later games at least kind of pointing you a little bit in the right direction because you could you could also in this game sometimes like really hose yourself with like your party lineup you know you they're There will be times if you don't have any Lancer, you know, have very few Lancers in your party and then suddenly like, oh, there's a bunch of tanks. I needed Lancers (laughs) to take out all these tanks like, oh, that's yeah, I I didn't set this up very well from the get go. And some of the Uh, other things just like sometimes you're better off, you know, like it will allow you to deploy 10 units right from the from the start. And sometimes you're better off not deploying all that many units. Maybe you're better off only doing, like, six or seven. And then mm-hmm. every single time as you capture more bases, you're able to deploy new units at those new bases. And well, that's kind of like a better strategy. We're well, yes. retreating
3: Treating some units and then calling another ones
5: yeah we didn't i, I always we never, like went max units and then realized very quickly that like oh i don't need all these people yeah, <laughs> just I there. Did. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: once again fire and about, blood. like
2: yeah i was going to make a comment about the classes just in general but we didn't we didn't mention like how lancers are the the one class that can actually pose a threat to tanks mm-hmm. yeah but um I don't know what the count is, but I don't think there's like the number of classes is, I think, pretty low. There's only like five, know, maybe four. I was going to say four, scout,
1: shock trooper, lancer, engineer, sniper. So five. OK,
2: fair enough. Um, and if you don't have there, the tank itself right so yeah and for that like i think the balance is r- like really well done in 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 terms of um like a, even with those five classes i feel like there's a lot of strategy in like inherent in combat mm-hmm. again it sounds so like on paper it just sounds like simplified in some ways but it's like, you can, you can really, like, spend time with it.
1: Oh, there, there's so many different ways to tackle all those maps. Like, I mean, snipers in some respects are some of my favorite, uh, is one of my favorite classes. You know, it's just, like, so satisfying to, like, zoom in on an enemy from, like, it, where, where it feels like halfway across the map and take them out. But, you know, they're balanced because they have zero movement ability. Yeah. So they're kind of stuck with wherever you start them at. Essential. And then you
2: get to a sandstorm in the desert where you have no visibility,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and your snipers don't know what to shoot. Exactly, which is which is clever, like finding good ways to you know make make units useful or have them have chat like. Having useful units have other challenges to overcome i don't know overall like really really well balanced
4: i did anybody ever find a use for shock troopers because i feel like every time i use those they just kind of languished in the sidelines
1: they get more useful as the game goes on like i I think it here in the first game like scouts are definitely kind of the the most powerful unit especially since that's one thing we didn't mention like This game is kind of also different in that instead of like rewarding you for with experience for killing enemies, the vast majority of your experience is rewarded for beating the mission in the fewest number of turns.
5: Mm -hmm.
1: Like you'll get a little bit of extra experience if you take out an enemy ace or if you take out a tank. But for the most part, it's just about doing the mission in as few turns as possible. So and a lot mission, of times, ta-
2: oftentimes the mission is just killing a certain uh, a certain like the lead, the, the 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 captains or something like it's not even kill everything.
1: No, no, no. Like, yeah, there'll be missions like that where you just have to kill one person or a lot of the missions are just like capture this main enemy base. So what, once you start wrapping your head around that, like, it's not about, like, taking my forces and moving across the map and slaughtering everybody. What it's really about is, like, figuring out ways to, like, poke holes in the enemy defenses and then run a scout through it to capture that enemy base. It's like how can I get my scout to the enemy base and capture it without getting the scout slaughtered? And so Grenades. there's almost like this weird little puzzle aspect that I really enjoyed about it. Grenades. Yeah, which which is why like I, I was telling Kelly when she was started playing is like pour pour the most of your experience into uh, uh, scouts because you want to get them leveled up to elite level which i think is like a level level 11 and they get this grenade launcher and they're able to lob grenades from quite a distance away and they become just like incredibly (laughs) powerful And,
3: and i will let you know kelly uh there is a map later where you're chasing down a vehicle within an urban environment and you can't blow it up so that is actually the map for the, sh- that is one of the prime examples of where you need a shock trooper. Cause mm-hmm. they can basically just one clip the the radiator on that vehicle.
4: Okay. Gotcha.
3: I'm not going to tell you, I'm, I'm trying to keep, cause obviously you have quite a bit of ways to go. I don't want to give you all the spoilers. So I'll, yeah. I, but, uh, but yeah. So cause if you, cause if you blow up that vehicle, you blow up what's inside and that's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you need to stop it without blowing it up.
2: There's also the option that tanks have. Um, tr- you can disable their treads to make them uh, far less mobile, rather than blowing them up. Mm-hmm. So you can you can avoid them in other ways too.
1: Yeah, you can just kind of disable enemies. Um, and, and well, and if you're not careful, you can get your 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 own tanks disabled because there will be like land later. Maps will have like any tank landmines, and that that's the main thing they'll do is like totally wipe out your uh, treads. And then if your treads are taken out, you can't move your tank. (laughs) Then you gotta then you gotta actually use one of the engineers to kind of because the engineer is the only way that you can actually fix a tank in Mm -hmm. mid battle.
4: Yeah, I I kept an engineer around my tank pretty much at all times to tweak any uh, any damage it might might have taken.
3: I've actually used my tanks as cover. Oh yeah, yeah that's a that, that, that
1: yeah. huge part. Is like moving using your tank as, like the the thing to keep enemies from slaughtering you for the interception fire. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Or or running over enemy, you know, using the the <laughs> tank to drive along, drive over all the enemies, which doesn't kill them but does like you can knock them out of cover. Yep. I mean, that's also something we haven't really talked about, like the cover system. I know you were frustrated a little bit with that, Kelly, but I mean, that's one of the things in the game is like there will be sandbags all over the place and you can duck down behind it. And whenever you're you're behind and in cover, basically you are you have really high defense, and it's very hard for enemies to do much damage to you. Yeah, so, it's uh, it basically it's
4: mm-hmm. basically my Mass Effect showing because I kept trying to stick to walls and stuff and, and and boxes, and the fact that you could only cover behind like sandbags and trenches, I just found to be frustrating because it's like that's not how a real person would do this. They would stick to the stick stick as close to the walls as humanly possible, and try to get off pot shots.
3: I mean you can do that I mean it's because it's just a the character sadly the characters won't stick to them you know like in mass effect but i mean you can use them as a form of cover because it makes it harder to they'll have less accuracy hitting you because you have less body mass available to hit well oh, it's it yeah. off I've... your
2: line of sight though so you don't get that return fire you know when, yeah. when they move you don't see them to to get that uh that what is it um
1: interception fire back yeah,
2: yeah. right mm-hmm. um I forget my point. Oh, there's also the fact that um that even though it's like a menu based game, um all the the aiming is done manually. So you it, the amount of damage you do is still I mean there's some randomness to it because, you know, your gun has uh recoil and not everybody has perfect uh accuracy. But depending on how, on 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 what part of an enemy you aim for, you can drastically increase your damage output as well that way.
1: Mm-hmm. So headshots are criticals, basically, yeah.
2: Yeah, and tanks aren't, you know, they're not guaranteed hits either. You have to you have to aim correctly for the right sections
1: and. Yep, the tanks have got those radiate those glowing radiators. You got to aim for.
4: Oh yeah, being able to uh, or there or that one um, video that I took where a tank just fired in between two lancers and I'm going, how the heck did that miss that? Like you, th- you think it would have grazed an arm?
1: Well, unfortunately, you're using the the regular any tank round and probably the game probably like calculates that as like a single point, so it just kind of like missed.
4: Yeah, no, I I get why it missed it. It's just like, I should have been able to hit two birds with one stone with that.
1: I think that's part of what's fair, at least, you know, like visually fair about it, is that like Mm -hmm. it gives you that reticle on the screen and it shows Mm -hmm. you like, okay, your shots are going to go somewhere in this reticle. You know, like they, they may, you know, like they may not hit that center spot where you're aiming for, they're all going to be within this so you have this you have a visual cue of like even though it's not telling you what your percentage to hit is it's giving you that cue of like hmm it is it is. It, does this reticle basically cover their entire head in which case like it's a 100% chance to hit or is it just like oh man i can barely see his head in this reticle this is kind of like a yeah we'll we'll give it a shot but probably not going to hit
4: yeah and to be fair i've appreciated that the the game um kind of is has bad aim in your favor too because i've had several tank hits whiff on me that by all right should have hit and that saved my butt a couple of times
2: well i mean the world war Two the, the the word stormtroopers was used for a reason we know where that came from yeah we we'll stretch out that silence again a little I, bit i
4: was gonna well i wasn't sure if he was making a star wars joke yes Okay, I'm sorry. I completely with it
2: was hilarious. Just trust me on this, okay?
4: No, it was.
0: It was. I was laughing my ass off, but I was muted. Sorry. Okay. Uh, No, you were not. You were not on mute. I, I
3: will be oh, on. Come on! I was trying to give you a bone.
2: I can see <laughs> when you're not on mute. I will admit, the,
3: it was it was over my head. I'm I'm sorry. I, I it's will been a long day.
2: Look, I can't I can't I can't account for everybody else's shortcomings. Okay, I'm sorry. That, <laughs> I'm sorry that you guys didn't get it. That's all. So yeah. Anyway, um.
1: Right. So so I take it everybody else here is more enamored with the gameplay rather than the story.
4: Yeah, because um, the story cutscenes kind of I, I didn't find it to be very compelling thus far until the um, Maximilians showed up and started you know being evil villain guy.
2: My I don't know I do we want to talk about that first because I was gonna have a different point.
1: Yeah, oh no, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: It's not. What I you know what I really like is story related, but not the story itself. I I really like how um Valkyria Chronicles like presents its story. It's not not the story itself, but it's got this um. So there's no I don't know. There's no uh, there's no actual gameplay in between battles. Not even like a not even like a hub area yes. that you walk around yes. in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so the whole game is told as a kind of like a I guess a flashback of sorts, like uh, like a historical lesson of this is. This was the war. This was the Gallia War for you know freedom. Let me tell you about Weskin. What was his name? Welkin. Welkin um c- confusing my resident evil here. Wesker, um, yeah, read, re- read, read on a, about the story about uh, Welkin Gunther and how he became a hero. Like they constantly make these allusions to this was Welkin's first day on his road to become a hero and all this other stuff. And um, so in between battles, it fills in pages of a you know, like a history book. Um. Mm-hmm each chapter of the game is basically like like a spread of pages in the book and um it's it's filled with uh when you when you start a chapter it's got several um like grayed out boxes of or like pictures in it and as you progress through the story and you watch the like the the story cinematic scenes in between the combat um, missions, the pictures kind of fill in and it's like the history book starts like completing. And to me, that's very satisfying that, that like that feeling of completion, you know. Mm-hmm. I I also I, I want to say later in the game there's certain things that are optional um that it doesn't it doesn't automatically fill in and you have to manually go back to like a previous chapter and select mm-hmm. an event to fill in some of those like um sections that that were not filled in as part of the main narrative.
1: You you can buy side stories or from uh, they, okay. the the uh, reporter and yeah. it kind of like well sometimes you'll get ones that are actually like out of order from where where you are in the game. So yeah, you'll get ones that were, you know, mini chapters earlier, and it always puts them in the correct uh, place for where they okay. were chronologically. So, so it gives you say, that cue. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I I would say I do like the story, but, you know, long story short, more more so than the story itself, it's, I really dig how it presents it.
5: Oh yeah, the it's presentation very, in this game is great. It's very concise, like there's not a lot of wasted time. It's, yes. just, it's yes. here this is, and here you are on to the next battle, it's great. Something it's that the follow-up did not do. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's We're not it's here, here to talk big... about that. I know, I know. No. We, we <laughs> might so have to throw, a... Other in. Games I had to throw in
2: some shade. I know, I, know, I know everybody loves Three Houses, and I tried, but I can't... I, I, the the Like, the the story... What is it? The schoolhouse sections in Three Houses? Mm-hmm. Uh, the academy sections where you're just kind of, you know, grinding out time or whatever? Yeah, that this game doesn't have anything like that, and it's refreshing.
4: Yeah, I, I appreciate that you're not just kind of wasting your time getting to the next battle. Then. Yeah, you know, every moment is spent
2: of... on some kind of it's it's building the narrative towards the conclusion, right? Mm-hmm.
4: Um, being able to just watch a couple of cutscenes and then get right into battle is kind of nice, though. That being said, I really wish that you could fast forward uh the enemy battle scenes, um, especially like en- when you've reloaded turn? your, yeah, um, especially when you've done like me and have reloaded the same save file like five times trying Mm -hmm. to get through a fight.
2: Yeah, so right. So you have command points, uh, which gives basically each command point means it tells you how many units you can control per per turn, and, and enemies have that too. And they will use them even if the enemies aren't on screen. If they're somewhere hidden in the back of the stage that you haven't uncovered yet, they'll still do some kind of behind the scene movement. Yeah, on their the shuffle, turn.
4: shuffle, shuffle, room shuffle. For
2: shuffle room.
4: Yeah. I, I just want to press a button to skip all of that.
2: Mm. Well, I mean, you know, there is the, the reason remaster is already several years old when did the remaster come out 2017 or i don't know yeah some
4: something like that
2: and that was i i would say that was before this the more recent trend of putting in fast forward buttons you know yeah
4: yeah 2014 Um, the
2: remaster
3: was 2014 yeah because i have the steam version so i pulled it up so
2: it's almost 10 years ago itself already yeah,
4: I just know that that's one of the first things I do in a Fire Emblem is go and turn off, you know, all of the uh, enemy animations and stuff like that so that when mm. it's their turn, it can just get to my turn as quickly as
0: possible. Hey, that's what I do in Pokemon games.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but you do need those enemy animations for the most part because that's when you, you take your opportunity shots, you know? Well,
0: you
4: need them but sometimes, but, you know, the... the them wandering around in the woods going shuffle shuffle you don't really need
1: <laughs> yeah. fair enough fair enough
2: <laughs> it's so comic <laughs> even just the choice of that word it's it's such a silly thing it's it's almost lighthearted, right
4: yeah it is and, and don't get me wrong that's that's kind of me nitpicking a little bit but do, i mean do you see where i'm coming from oh no totally I had some more complaint with uh, Fuga, Melodies of Steel, where it's like, man, I would really like this game if I could fast forward some of these slow parts.
2: I think you and I are just we always agree on stuff. and man, I'm so opposite of you lately in this regard. like, um, <laughs> I'm still continuing like the Yakuza like right now I'm playing judgment. And I have like like a dragon and the other judgment game. And so my latest thing is I won't even run through um Camarocho anymore. Like if I have to go somewhere, i I'm You're deliberately walking. <laughs> Oh okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm I think it's part of my descent into madness.
5: Like indeed,
2: the character wouldn't be running, so I'm gonna force myself to walk. Oh, yeah it's yeah, it's actually it's very terrible. I admit.
4: When when I am enjoying a game, I want to get to the parts that I enjoy as quickly as possible. So stuff that bogs down, like shuffle shuffle, tends to annoy me. Is what it is. But I am also notoriously an impatient person.
2: And yet you like this guy. Hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well
2: like
4: Disgaea, well, you can speed up, too. Disgaea yeah.
2: lets you cheat. Like, yeah. just push it on play when you leave for work. And yes. you have credits when you return.
4: Yes. The game I mean, talk about getting
2: to the, the part. Skaya too, right? <laughs> yeah. This one... Talk about getting to the part you really enjoy. <laughs> That's the credits of Disgaea. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Or was it you just going to work and being able to be away from the game?
2: Oh yes, vacation from this guy.
4: <laughs> but uh, back to Valkyria. So we so we talked about the gameplay and we talked about the uh, story. Um, what about the characters? Did we did we like the characters at all?
3: I love the characters. I mean, I, I, all the characters, um, whether it be you know, just some of the random people who join Junior Scott or the main characters, as as I mentioned, all of them have a story, all of them are given are have fleshed out details, they all have their individual personalities. Um, that play into their perks, both good and bad. I mean, there there's so much. There was definitely a lot of care put into the squad um, mm-hmm. and every, every detail of that. So I definitely and they're what's makes it. Also, apparently we have forgotten to talk about the flying pig. Oh,
4: yes, the flying pig. What's up with that?
3: I don't know, but there's a flying pig. Oh, the, I, though the I read, the read it. The,
4: the game said that the wings are non-functional, that they're just there, which then made me think, well, okay, that, that, that'd that make great uh, uh, buffalo wings. <laughs>
5: <laughs> pig wings. Buffalo wings. Mm.
4: Um. mm. But it was like, okay, a serious World War II game, and yet there's a pig with wings just kind of
1: running around.
4: What's going on here?
1: It's a JRPG.
4: Yeah, of co- you gotta have your cute animal. How else <laughs> you gonna sell? If so this that was garbage. a
1: cat, you wouldn't complain.
4: Yeah, no, you're right. You're 100% right.
3: And his little Hans. D-
4: was cute. Oh no, Hans was cute. It just kind of caught me off guard a little bit.
3: (laughs) But now you have a response for if you ever get told when pigs fly. It's like, well, that was in 2004 in Valkyria Chronicles.
5: But I thought you said they were non-functional.
0: Meaning it can't fly.
4: Well, okay. What what, what's
0: it us? Be, I, I got, hey, the, I, I got the uh, dichotomy there. Yeah, that doesn't work.
4: So then, what's cuter, the pig with the the pig from this game or the pigs from Monster Hunter? Well, obviously Monster Hunter. Okay, that's the correct answer. Yes.
3: I don't know. There's the porks. There's the uh, pigs in Final Fantasy XIV that fly.
5: Oh, that too. Oh, oh, what,
3: actually What flies.
5: doesn't Final Fantasy XIV have?
3: God it doesn't have no it has a tank never mind
5: it works (laughs) it doesn't have my subscription that's what it doesn't have
0: oh zing there you go (laughs) it doesn't Doesn't have me either so you're not
4: going to be on our uh, Final Fantasy Rome Reborn backtrack I am okay
3: (laughs) yeah he's, he's the lone dissenter
4: Ah, oh,
0: gotcha. Uh,
3: somebody. Yeah. But as, I, I, was, as... I was trying to actually rope in my wife to see if, if, if you wanted to guess, because my wife would be like way more, like I, I play a lot of fourteen. My wife is way more like involved than I am, <laughs> which says something. <laughs>
4: uh, well, as a well refugee, I, I will have things to say.
2: Have we done a um, Final Fantasy XIV pre-Realm Reborn episode? Um,
4: I actually had a sign-up for that, but nobody, nobody that could be on would <laughs> yeah. be on, so... We're gonna make a very. Tell we're gonna something. brief. Yeah, we'll briefly mention um 1.0 in that.
3: I, um, I, it didn't appear that enough people had played 1.0 to be on the 1.0 cast. Yeah. yeah, not not
4: so, shocking. We'll mention it. Um, talk about the horrors of flower pots. Will you press F? So, I don't remember okay. pressing F. I just <laughs> I just remembered that flower pots apparently would like bug crash your game because they had so many polygons but that's that that's about a month from now we still got this to get through yes. um
3: oh apparently i've shared the cover of the uh the video game art book
5: Oh, that's a pretty art book.
3: Yeah, I may have to track that one down.
5: So, uh, what, what else do we, oh, have, have we not covered? Scouts. I don't think we've talked enough about scouts.
4: Do, do you think we're ready to move on to the round table?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Because
4: because I was about to get into, like, personal per, personal stories, and then, well, that's that's our round table in a nutshell, so, yeah, let, let's take a quick uh, bathroom and music break, and then we'll come back and we'll get into the more personal aspect of Valkyria Chronicles, and w- what The game means to us and our favorite things from the game. So stick around, we'll be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now getting into the roundtable portion of our show. This is where we get into our personal thoughts, our per- our personal feelings, f- favorite things, least favorite things, and what we were doing at the time that we were playing it, and oh boy, do I have the story for uh, what I was doing because it was recent and I may have already told it on RPG Cast. So sorry for double listeners that are going to get a repeat story, um, but that'll be last. So did you guys have a favorite map or epic victory
1: moment? Uh, epic yes. moment? I think the, I think the the only thing that kind of comes back to me, it has been a very long time since I first played it when it came out, Um, The only thing I could remember was like the kind of like that first time I managed to figure out how to beat the retaking a Brule map and using Alicia and like loading her up with orders and just like running her across the map and beating it in one turn. Like that Mm -hmm. epic, (laughs) that feel of like, ah, now I've I've figured out this game. Now I know what I'm doing. otherwise like favorite map i, I think I, I like after just playing it again recently i think i really like marbury shore which is actually a map where they kind of really limit um kind of like the the terrain really limits how you're able to use tanks mm-hmm. and so it it, it kind of like opens up these interesting ways where you can like okay i can drive my tank up here i can't actually use it in terms of like attacking the other enemies but i can lob a smoke shell in here and 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 you know like use that as a way to kind of get at some of these other enemies It's like a really weird and different map
4: what about you wheels
5: uh i think like favorite victory moments would be like taking one scout and killing doing most of a mission with just that one scout which is pretty fun um but i think just uh you know, it was a lot of the missions against tanks are pretty cool. Just like trying to figure out how do I deal with all this, and um, it's there's not a lot of games that play like this, even though it's vaguely familiar to things like XCOM. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a lot of a lot of kind of the bigger story battles in the game were were always pretty cool to me. I mean, that's Uh, one of the things we
1: didn't really get into is that one of the uh, abilities you have is like they call them orders where you can kind of like buff your character. You know, it's basically like buffs. (laughs) And some of them are just like, especially certain combinations of them are completely broken that you can unlock. There are ones that, like, completely ignore defense. And then you can, like, also use the exact same... You can use a buff that greatly increases a character's, like, anti-tank ability. So you can, like, just buff up Alicia and have her go and take out tanks late in the game. (laughs) Like, there's all these weird things you can do with that kind of stuff. I mean, like, it's broken in the most wonderful way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What, well, like, rides the line between broken and just, like, satisfying? Like, this is your reward for getting to this point. Now you get to mm-hmm. do this awesome shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember if I did that, but that's what, I, like, I, that's the feeling I get from that.
1: I, I don't think I did that kind of stuff the first time I played it. I think it was, like, on later playthroughs that I kind of figured out some of that, or, you know, like, looked it up online or found, figured out. Some of that
2: stuff. I'm all, I'm always terrible at figuring out how to break um, any game systems. Like um, I know it's like common knowledge how to basically win Final Fantasy VIII within the first thirty minutes. I, I I don't know how to do it.
5: Can you do that? No, wait. This sort of saved me so much time. Damn
2: it. The the draw system. I I feel yeah. like everybody just is born with the knowledge of how to cheese that. At this point, I've mm-hmm. never figured it out. I don't know. I'm terrible at that.
4: The real way you cheese it, Pascal, is to buy the uh, Steam version where you can just get, get your draw spells. Just get them? Yeah.
2: I feel like I'm too trusting. If a, if a if a game, if a tutorial box says this is how you're meant to use it, then I'm like, okay, that's I guess what, that's what I'll do. But, right,
4: um, for me, I think it was that desert map where I had kind of pushed through the sandstorm and then managed to grenade, it, either grenade or mortar, like three lanterns at once by the base and then uh, uh got the scout through and won the game won the map uh at uh, that I point i was like yeah for me yeah at that point i was like yes i i think i finally figured out this game and then the next map is the uh giant tank map and it's like <laughs> i i know nothing
1: <laughs> and then they bring out Silvaria and they slaughter you mm-hmm. they put you back in your place killing
4: yeah <laughs>
2: I mean I think that's the same map that I was going to um, choose for mine too. It's I think I alluded to the the sandstorm map earlier. It's if, if memory serves, it's a it's larger than like your average map in the game, right? It's very wide it open. It is. Yeah. Um I always like stuff in um like in tactical games where some kind of I don't know, some kind of combat situation feels like personal to a certain character like it sticks with me more. Mm-hmm. Um like I like I I couldn't tell you specific moments or, or many specific moments, from like my first time playing XCOM. But I'll always remember that one that one battle at the gas station where where the ranger died, or you know, some like even even if it's completely just like something of my own making. So in the in the desert map, um, you have to I I don't know I could I don't remember the details, but I do know that I sent scouts into like on their own into like far flung corners of the map to do whatever they're supposed to accomplish, I guess. Um, and you have no visibility, so sniper can't really like provide any kind of cover fire and that just seemed like such a moment of like ooh, it's you know (laughs) it's inherent danger and it's not just like random squad character but like somebody that like this is like their canonical story to me you know Mm-hmm. that's how it was even you know that's not how everybody will have uh, it won't happen like that in everybody's game but like i'll always just assume that that's how their story was meant to go and uh, so for that reason that map probably more than any of the others
4: okay um, i accidentally skipped this one and i apologize um any of you guys have a favorite unit and
5: is it something other than scout, other than scout? uh yes um all the scouts <laughs>
3: <laughs> um honestly I, I will be different on this. Um, I am a big fan of the snipers.
4: Yes, I'm with Josh.
3: I'm not well, Josh. <laughs> That's right. Robert. She's reading
1: the sheet. <laughs> My bad.
4: I know who you are, Robert. No, I, I'm with Robert. It's okay, that was actually funny. Yeah. Yeah um it is so satisfying to use the sniper to be able to take out a couple of dudes right off the bat it just sucks that they have such limited ammo Mm -hmm. yeah and and i think that's intentional oh totally
3: oh totally but um yeah one of the earliest maps um in the game is uh you know you have watchtowers and i just had a sniper climb up the watchtower and every chance i got to snipe someone there there they go (laughs)
4: Um, once again in that sand map just being able to um cuz and the game tells you to do this you put the two snipers up on the ledge and you, you put them behind the little rock formation for cover. But once they're out, it's like they could pick off like a good okay. chunk of the people on this map easily. Um, just it's just sucks with the Lancers because the Lancers decks always seem to be protected. But other than that,
3: I, I think it's because the, the Lancers have the uh, heavier head armor.
4: Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. snipers, man, they get shit done.
3: Yeah and there's snipers only if not scouts and there's only uh 5 there's only 5 snipers who actually join your team mm-hmm. For the for those who've been listening, I pulled I went out and pulled out the uh, the strategy guides. So yeah, there's only five of them, and one of them's a secret unit. Oh. I mean,
2: anybody who's not listening won't hear uh, this either. Listening so, is kind of it.
3: Oh, so <laughs> true, we've, true.
4: We've got Team Sniper <laughs> and we've got Team Scout. What team are you, Pascal?
2: Um, I'm I'm pretty much with Matt on this one too.
0: Really? Because I didn't play the game, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Team Scout? Yes, the answer is team yes. Scale,
5: <laughs> team Scout. <scale. laughs>
4: Or, did you not have a preference and you just used everybody?
2: I'll, I'll, you know, I probably preferred scout. I mean, I was, I was just talking about the like how I like them on that desert map, and that's most likely like that was probably what I used the most because they're just so mobile. Yeah. Um, and when when you have a a squad of you know that many troops, and it just, it, you want to push ahead, like you want to see like what's going on up there, and you can do something about it with a scout while you're exploring, and then it's all, and then and then come the the three parts of the turn where it's just a chore to bring the other characters up you know (laughs) like the ones the ones you want to play right away are the scouts and then everybody else is just kind of like okay time for you know tidying up the rest of the troops a little
1: bit well so many of the maps are like okay i I can just capture this middle base and then i can actually deploy everybody else (laughs) i need
4: So uh, uh, we t- we talked about our favorite victory, epic victory moment. We can go the opposite now. What's your most epic I didn't.
3: Oh, you I thought it. you said. No, I, I didn't say anything on the favorite victory or match.
2: Well, how is that possible? I- we all agreed with you.
3: <laughs> I didn't say anything. I had not made any comment. Agreed. <laughs> Although mine is also Mulberry Shore because of the fact that okay. you know you did have uh, limited. In fact, that was my favorite grind map as well because it was one of the ones where you actually could get like the most XP and money for grinding oh. too. So, it, um, as far as favorite, as far as favorite moment, um, it actually was what I mentioned with the uh, favorite unit is early early on. You get you get a watchtower map. Um, and I put a sniper up there, or the one sniper you have at that time, and she was picking everybody off on that map.
2: I fully approve that that Tam made a point of saying, wait a minute, I haven't answered yet. And then your answer was same thing you said.
3: I did not actually say that. Someone else had said it for mulberry shore i just agree with it
2: yeah that's what i mean
4: (laughs) we're all having fun here
3: it's all good
4: now we had a two drink
2: minimum before we started recording right
4: uh two two drinks of cough syrup yeah
2: hey that'll get the job done
4: indeed um so so what about uh fail moment tam did you have a fail moment
3: um yes on mulberry shore (laughs) (laughs) so the first time i did mulberry shore um, I didn't under because Mobile Shore is the first one where you get the um the smoke screen grenades, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand how to use them. So I'm trying to send my troops up uh the the shore up the up the beachhead and um. Yeah, that didn't go so well. D- didn't get the
1: smoke grenade in quite the right place and then you're uh, you oh, got I didn't even know how to use- I,
3: did- I didn't even know how to use it. So ah. I didn't- I didn't even use it and my and I just got uh annihilated. I think I still ended up winning the map overall, but it it, it was very costly. <laughs>
1: Not a good score.
3: Not a good score, no. But but then I learned how the snow grenades work, and uh, yeah, got a lot better.
4: My fail was um, every single time I would blow myself up with a landmine. because, <laughs> you know, it's, oh, it's, yeah. not like, it's not like they're buried. They're, they're right there. I mean, you have to be not paying attention to not see them, and it's like, yeah, I just walk right over and boom. Okay, I feel dumb.
1: They, they still... Uh, y- you, you get you get into that, that, that false sense of security. You know, you get to where you're mm-hmm. running around. You're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then there'll just be a little landmine down there, and it'll blow up your scout, and you're just like, oh, man. So,
4: I, I learned to save scum quite a lot in this game, <laughs> um, just because of all of that. Uh, I think I had, like, five different save files going at once because it was like, okay, this was going good, but what if I want to go back to this state? Okay. Um, I was being incredibly OCD like that, and and yeah, uh, b- blowing myself up with a landmine that was never fun. Though I will bet it was probably funny to watch. I should have uploaded a compilation of <laughs> all of my landmine moments.
1: Well, well, I told you about some of the broken things in the game. Like the lancers are kind of like immune to explosion of attacks, so you could just <laughs> run lancers over landmines, and it would just propel them forward and do like ten health <laughs> damage. so you could take out a bunch of landmines, just running a lancer over them.
4: Kind of like rocket jumping in a way.
1: Very much. That's actually kind of funny. This game, it's like, it's broken in some of the best ways. Um,
4: Pascal, Wheels, do you guys have epic fails you want to talk about?
5: Uh, I'm pretty sure they all involve landmines. Okay. Accidentally stepping on landmines. I, I I think you nailed it, Kelly.
4: Well, yay, not just me.
5: No, uh, the la- no. The
4: landmines can be uh, can be quite
2: tricky. What about right after you get out of the starting area and you feel like you know you got a good handle on it, and then the tree sentinel kills your ass. Wrong game, yeah. Wrong game. <laughs> an epic fail. I don't I don't remember any that the um the boss battle against um what's her name? Silvaria. Silvaria. Blue lady. I guess that one. I feel like I died a lot on that one because it it sticks out of my memory as I spent a long time to win that one.
4: Oh, and I also had to learn very quick not to linger as soon as your turn and uh, when you're done with your turn because of you know the, the friendly fire Every, everybody's shooting at everybody oh yeah because i i died many a times um sit, sitting there at the menu trying to think about what i what i wanted to do next and it's like oh i'm being shot at oh i'm dying okay i shouldn't linger i forgot to mention that
2: and so we, that feels a little unfair to me because it it encourages you to hastily end your turn rather than consider the any any better alternatives. If you, if you still have some AP left and you're just trying to mash the button to end your turn as quick as possible, you know?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. that part of the game.
3: Yeah, however, as as the one guy who's, even though I was on submarines, who's been in the military, that's how it works.
1: Yeah, the enemy is going to stop shooting well, at you.
3: Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> not going to stop shooting. Your side's not going to stop shooting. Everybody's shooting.
1: I think we get that.
3: Hey... Can-
4: can- can- Hey, can we pause this war? I've got a cat in my lap, and he won't get in my, out of my way. No, okay.
2: <laughs> Look, to be clear, I don't like it in real life when that happens either.
4: Yeah, that, that's why I never went to the that, army.
2: That's a complaint for real life and the
1: game for me.
4: Um, <laughs> so we talked about our epic fails. Um, did you guys have a favorite moment from the story?
1: Oh, I, I don't know. Like, I absolutely adored the story in this game. I love so many of the different story beats, but both both for you know like good moments and bad like the liberation of thousand that kind of turns into this horrific nightmare you have the you have this wonderful moment like yay we finally beat this boss you take down gregor this kind of like evil empire general and then it just all goes terrible for you and then the the death of one of the main characters at Marbury Shore kind of like still gets me choked up. But like my favorite moment from the entire game is like this little bitty scene like in Chapter 8. So Alicia and Welkin are, are separated from the rest of Squad 7. And Alicia is kind of like has like a sprained ankle and they're hiding in a cabin at night. And this, this soldier from the empire just like stumbles in and he's been shot and he's dying. And there's nothing, you know, Alicia and Welkin try and help him, but there's nothing really they can do for him. And this soldier is, just he's kind of like, he's in incredible pain. He's like delirious and he's like calling for his mother. And, like basically, the only thing that Alicia and Welkin can do for him is just kind of like comfort him. You know, Alicia kind of pretends to be his mother because the the soldier is totally out of it. And you know, the guy, the soldier dies, and they they bury the 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 poor soldier, the poor Empire soldier. And it's like the first time in this game, like up to this point, the Empire has just been this very, you know, like uniformly evil setup. But like this is the the point in the game where they kind of try to make the point that like while the empire politically is definitely evil and there are plenty of evil people who are are perpetrating the 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 things that the empire is doing, like there are still just like poor schlubs who have been, you know, like forced into the <laughs> army who You know, like, just want to go back to their homeland when they, you know, they just want to survive the war and get home, just like all the people in Galia do. Mm -hmm. And I just love that, that kind of, like, there's so much in this game that is, that is not, it doesn't fall into the simple, like, good versus evil. Like, I I swear, I think the the character I hated the most in the game isn't even any of the, the, any of the enemies in the Empire. It's the general in your own army (laughs) <laughs> oh, because because there, there's this strong split you're in the your your characters are in the militia and then there's the army and this general uh, in the uh, galleon army just comes along and just shits all over your character, you know, like the, the militia, the entire game. And when he dies later in the game, I'm just like, yeah, we, yeah, get that guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I'm glad that
3: he's like a noble too. Where yes, so he was like super classist because uh, Gallia, being a kingdom, had nobles and uh, common folk, and so the militias formed up of all the co- uh, like commoners, and for the most part, I think there's like one or two nobles who are actually on your squad, but for the most part, they're all commoners. Whereas the army is like the generals and the leadership of the army are all nobles, and the, the guy is a stuck-up prick. Yes.
1: Like like it, pl- it plays that way the whole way through. I mean, even even the Federation of you know kind of ostensibly like republics, democracies. Like I mean, they they try and kind of like kidnap your uh, the the uh, princess of Galia and you know force you into joining their the Federation. You know, like everybody's kind of out for it for themselves and and. Like everybody has a little bit of a shade of gray to them in a way that you don't often see.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm remembering that scene with the soldier who dies as you're like describing it. It's it feels like a lead into like some kind of Tarantino scene or something like that.
4: Yeah, I could see that. At um, the same time, I I appreciate that the games showed that you know the and the quote unquote other side
1: are people too. Yeah, humanizing.
4: Yeah, um, not I feel like not a lot of war games do that.
1: No, they they have a, I think a lot of war games have a tendency to fall into well, well certainly war games have a tendency to fall into the you know the raw raw you know we're the good guys let's go kill the bad guys and I mean even a lot of media in general kind of tends to either fall into that sort of trap or like straight anti-war kind of uh uh, attack and Valkyria it's not any war it's it's very much like they they the the people riding Valkyria I mean they believe that there are wars that are worth fighting for it's worth fighting and you know like even sacrificing your life to defend your homeland but, you know, like it, it's also not something to, it is not a game that glorifies or romanticizes war either. Yeah.
4: are you telling me on Discord that um, one of the reasons why you don't get rewarded for killing everybody on the map is because they wanted killing to be a kind of a last resort in this game?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, like th- I, that was one of the coolest things I ever got to do at RP Gamer, I got to interview after uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 came out, I got to do an interview with. Uh, the director from that game he was one of the the scenario designers on the original he'd worked on all of them and like that that's what he was talking about even like the design of the that's why the scoring is done like that where it, it gives you um, you know, more experience for doing it quicker rather than killing people. Because he's like, the point of the the game isn't to go around killing people. The point of the game is just to, you know, it's to save Galia. And the the it's, so long as you can do that with killing the as few people as possible, that's that's good thing. You know, like welcoming them or not out there to try and kill people they're trying to save their homeland
4: and, and you got to appreciate them thinking about stuff like that because not a lot of game devs do they're, they're i mean i say that the, you would think that gameplay would kind of get in the way of that but the fact that they, they took the time to think about it is i i appreciate so much
1: well, well it's not you know like how many i mean basically every rpg almost every rpg you play you kill an enemy you get experience and that's mm-hmm. not the way valkyria applies Mm -hmm.
4: Uh, that being said my favorite story moment was the uh flying pig just because i thought that was cute and it completely caught me off guard but i'm sure i'm sure when i get to more of the story beats that some of the stuff that you talk about is probably going to tear at my
5: heartstrings a little bit
2: well there's there's the other moment when the game goes like full bore anime when you have when you can purchase um that super expensive scene where Squad Seven gets beach R and R.
4: Oh, I didn't <laughs> get that far. Not yet. <laughs> but I and need to. You
2: really have to pay out, pay out of your nose to unlock that scene. <laughs> so
4: you want your beach scene in this RPG? Yeah. You better pay up or grind a lot. Um, Wheels, uh, Robert. Any of you guys have a favorite story moment?
3: I do. I was. Sitting here thinking about this because um, I, I will admit, I've not actually beaten this game. I got a good chunk of the way through, but I watched my wife beat it. So I have at least seen everything this game has to offer as far as the story goes. My favorite moment is actually the spoiler I was going to, um, related to the spoiler that. And unfortunately, stuff here. Yeah, yep. um, I, I, I don't want to spoil this for Kelly, but I'm I'm sorry, Kelly.
4: No, I I will forget by the time I get to it again.
3: So and um so Mulberry Shore, um Isara is killed, and the squad uh the, there is a funeral for her, and um you know through through the game, um Rosie of course has been very anti-Darkson for much of the game, um you know slow slowly opening up. And at her funeral, Rosie sings for Isara, you know, because Rosie, you know, being a, you know, barmaid and able to, you know, could sing and has a, uh, and whatnot. She sings at Isara's funeral. And that is actually, to me, one of the, um, the most memorable, like, there's a lot of good story moments, but to me, that is the most impactful moment of the story because it shows how, you know, even in, you know, how bleak their, everything was for them, you know, their countries being invaded and whatnot, you know, people change. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm sitting here crying right now, so I'm Yeah, <laughs> I,
4: I was about hey, to say, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't mean to make you upset.
5: No, it's, it's that kind of moment.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I get, I was just playing it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I was getting choked up when I got yeah. to that scene, and I'm like, I've, I've played this game, I don't know how many times, four, five, six, and know it's coming, and it still still gets me choked up.
2: But I think that's that's real life, too, you know, like, in in, in any army, right? But, like, even, like, modern times, people are, you know, it, it, people who are, let's say, bigoted, right? But they then, then they get into life-and-death situations. Like, you can't go through some of those things with other people, regardless of, like, how you, I guess, grew up, like, learning to feel about them, and not change, you know.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually kind of glad you guys brought it up for me, because now I can kind of guard myself a little bit, know what kind of mood I need to be in when I play that. Um,
3: it, it, it it will not help you. No, I know. I'm <laughs> oh, okay. just saying, it's like,
4: I'm having a bad day. I prob I'm probably at that scene shit play it tonight ah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Because games get me emotional, and and
5: sometimes games, I kind of like well, yeah, good
3: games yeah. or well written scenes will get me emotional. I as, see, as...
5: just watching like the open
3: animation to this game gets me emotional.
5: I think I let it just play every time I fire it up. Oh god, and the beautiful soundtrack. Yeah, oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's got yeah. one of the best soundtracks.
4: Yeah, um, I saw that you popped a couple of the good songs from the uh, game, and yeah, I agree. I found that um, that menu music for the storybook to be just very peaceful. I'd sit there and just let it play. Um, is it, does anybody else have any other memorable story moments? Nope. No. So now we can get into talking about um, what we were doing at the time in our life when we was playing this game. Um, I'll go last since my story is the most recent and probably the one of the more funny stories of the <laughs> of the thing but um let's go with josh first
1: oh it's one where i actually do have a story i'm always like i'm always like i can't remember what the heck was going on when i played this one i have distinct memories of i remember seeing uh like ads and reviews of this game when it was coming out and i was just like i i fell in love at first sight and i this was the game this was the reason that i went out and bought a ps3 back when they were still i don't know what they probably still were like five six hundred bucks at that point or whatever it was it was early enough um but yeah i just like once i saw the game once i saw the reviews and like the the images from that game i just had to have it
2: just like so the visuals oh yeah
1: the visuals the 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 and the the melding of you know third person action with strategy RPG. I was just like I I got to try that. It sounds sounds different and interesting.
2: It's good character designs too, by the way. Mm. Considering they're just you know humans in uniforms and it's all like they all have the same looking uniform. But they're uh, so distinct.
4: Good character designs, and for the most part, not sexualized.
2: Mm, yeah. What do you mean most part? Is, who's who is?
4: Uh, Rosie kind of is a little bit not bad, but I, I I was pretty sure she was showing a little bit of cleavage, wasn't she?
2: It's Kind of a personality though, isn't it?
3: I, I'm yeah. up the
2: strategy guide. <laughs> Tan's gonna <laughs> weigh in with the measurements one more time.
3: There was no
2: strategy guide
3: there was no cleavage um on her um Silveria, i think actually showed the most because of the fact uh, with the cleavage because her her like, back
2: her,
3: ba- her outfit kind of like buttoned up right between her boobs and kind of pushed them apart okay but no rosie rosie did have they, uh, and unfortunately um this is the case with all of the uh female assault troops is that uh there's uh plates that covered their breasts or the you know the chest area and so and they but are Silveria,
2: individualized yeah so wasn't a uh, like a sexualized character like as far as like her personality though no
3: mm-hmm. no i don't no, i don't think i, I would have thought rosie
2: if anybody would have fit most into that mold but I don't, I don't remember if she was or not um in fact we were we were saying off recording earlier this is one of the few games that has the protagonist have a like, like, well established. It's a well established fact that his younger sister is not his real, actual blood sister, and yet there's no attempt to like do a pair, cr-
1: pair creepy, them off.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: And I appreciate that because I really hate shoe, shoehorned in romances. And so there's story. nothing
2: really like cheapening anything.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, just just because you have a male and a female together in a story, they don't have to end up together at the end of the story. It's okay. They
3: oh, well Welcome does end up with someone. From the game yeah uh,
2: and also i i just said there's nothing cheap in here but re- remember i did talk about the expensive beach scene a moment ago
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah. true. at least, at least in, a, in a bikini
1: couldn't help themselves it wouldn't have been anime they always got to have yeah. the beach episode
3: <laughs> or the hot springs or the hot springs yeah or one or
1: spring. the other it's it's in the law they can't help it
4: um robert did you have any mem- memories when you was playing this game um
3: Yes. Yeah, oh, one sec.
1: What are,
2: <laughs> Robert has to look up the dimensions of, of the thing he's remembering.
3: No, no. Um, Actually, I was getting another phone alert about the fire. Is it closer now? Uh, No, there's actually no evacuations needed. So that's good. Yes, very good. So um, for those unaware, my state is under severe fire watch right now. And we have one of the biggest fires going in the West. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, up in uh, one corner of the state that has forced many evacuations and closures and stuff. So. So it's been it's been interesting. This is actually in my city. So luckily, this is not in the rural areas in the forest, but actually was, you know, city fire department able to get a handle on it pretty quickly, thankfully. But so anyways, um, so this released, um, I, I had to look this up April, 20, uh, April of 2008. So. Um, I was actually in my last few months of the Navy at the time, so I, I had picked this up because I'd seen the artwork, I'd, I'd seen the information that RP Gamer had typed up about, and I was, like, really intrigued by it, so I picked this up, and I, I actually put a lot of time into playing this, because uh, it is just a really good game, it's really, it has a lot of fun mechanics, a lot of interesting things, but um, I forget what level it was that I just was like, I I'm I just had to, I put it down and did not go back to, um, not because of difficulty, but I, I think I actually stopped right after Mulberry Shore. With the one scene, because I was like, I just, I was like, no, I'm, 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 no, I was emotionally done. Not because I like badly emotionally done, but it hit me so hard for what happened in that scene that I was just like, I, I couldn't do it, any- I just could not continue playing it anymore. And I was that upset. So, because if I remember right, she dies to, to an wasn't it a friendly fire? No, that's someone else. Never mind. You can say I don't know. I'm not that far yet. There's two instances of people getting shot, and one of them is a is you know just course of combat the other one is someone's being a dick uh, uh,
1: no this this one was the one where it was the empire
3: got her okay okay that's why i was vaguely remembering and yeah the other one is anime yes. stories
2: yeah someone's being a dick is a good description of why somebody got shot yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to. I don't want to give Kelly too many spoilers.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, you know. I get uh, that's it. fine. But that is still good phrasing for that.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Why'd you get shot? Somebody I... was out there being a real dick. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
4: <laughs> um, Pascal Wheels, did you have memories?
5: uh i don't even remember when i first played this because i didn't i mean i didn't don't think i even had a ps3 when it first came out but i think when people were there's kind of like a push by people that actually played the game to like get people to actually play it is when i picked it up um yeah i don't even i don't even remember when exactly that was
4: um well that's fair yeah
1: this was very much one of those like like we've said several times like cult hit kind of things it <laughs> It came out. What, when was the PS3? Was it 2007? So it was like a year later.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was about a year later. And I I had picked. I I was an early adopter of the PS3 um, because of the fact I had the. Um, I really wanted uh, our, the third artanella game. <laughs>
5: oh.
3: I, I have no way. I I loved it. So you know what?
5: Okay, that's fair. Did,
4: did that even come out? Yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. And it was uh, it was at least a lot better programmed than the second one. <laughs>
5: Oh.
3: Oh, I'm not saying it didn't have its issues.
5: No, I wouldn't say that either
3: but Uh, i i did enjoy it at least it's not arno surge
2: i mean i think calling this one a cult hit like the the weird release history of the sequels is kind of proof of that yeah
4: Mm. yeah well we'll probably do a backtrack for the two psp games at some point but
5: okay i I can talk about how much they suck
3: have you even played the third one (laughs) i
5: have it sucks
3: okay oh wrong oh (laughs) oh Oh. we got contention (laughs) i i've uh, I've, my wife actually played quite a bit of the second one. I've not really touched either, especially the third one, because that one I have to, like, go mess with some translation file somewhere. Oh,
2: bother. I don't have any particular memories for, I, I reviewed it, the remaster, not the original, and I guess that's, you know, there wasn't, like, a whole lot else to it than that, other than, like, that looks interesting, and then... Mac reviewed the original. I did the remaster. I actually gave it the lowest score that was on the site. Mm. Um, at a at a four out of five, I was still the lowest reviewer. So that that should tell you something about the game overall.
4: I was gonna say, did you get hate mail like, oh my god, you gave it the lowest score? Dare
2: you? Go. I don't think so. There were there were five reviews in total um i'm guessing three of them might have been reader reviews Two oh, of no, are was, reader I'm, reviews. I'm wrong yeah okay i don't That's
1: remember i don't remember one of these staff members but
2: no i didn't recognize the name either but again they were all e- either the majority of them were 5.0 so i was like again i was i was a low man and at, at a four um yeah i liked it a lot the things that we were praising the most the music and the sound in the battle system i those were the high points for me too
4: so uh I think everybody went, and so I can tell my story now. Um, though I played this recently, as in I started it at the beginning of the of May and slowly kind of been chipping my way through it. And then um, the Thursday before I go on my business trip, I I get out of the shower and I, I go downstairs. And I, well, my routine is that I usually uh, turn on the PlayStation and then get changed into my PJs and then sit down and play my game. So I, as I'm changing into my PJs, I notice this, uh, and I'm one of those people that I usually just, when I pause or when I suspend a game, I leave it on the menu screen of whatever game it is, you know, you know, just so that I'm, I'm hearing that that tranquil, beautiful Valkyria Chronicles music while I'm, I'm changing into my PJs, and then all of a sudden I look up and the screen's black, and all I'm hearing is the music, and it's like, okay, I'm. I've been having trouble with my HDMI cable, so I, tr- I turn off the receiver and turn it back on. No picture. Like, well, this isn't good. So I start messing with all sorts of different cables and stuff, and it's like, nope, no picture. So this, this will be forever the game that I associate with uh, breaking my very first um, big screen TV that I, I bought myself, because a lot of the ones that we've, I've had before were... Um, Uh, hand-me-downs and it was a vizio tv that i bought on sale and i learned exactly why vizio tvs are perpetually on sale because they are garbage tvs that apparently break after 15 months hang on i need to drink water
1: (coughs) vizio made kelly so angry she had to cough
4: yeah yeah so it's like you have got to be crapping me I need to play this game for backtrack. I am like several maps in, which is quite a bit. And now I can't play it. So either I need to switch to the Switch version or get a new TV. And ultimately, I decided not to get a new TV because, you know, I was going to need that anyway. But, yeah, um, yeah, I was not a happy camper when my TV broke. And I, you know, call customer service and they're pretty much like, yeah, you didn't buy the extended warranty. So (laughs) sucks to be you, I guess. Um, But it looks beautiful on my new Samsung. And awkward silence.
2: I don't know. I'm I'm reveling in it.
4: <laughs> reveling in my pain because, boy, I was not a happy camper that No,
2: night. <laughs> no. Just the silence. I've had a few of them tonight, so I'm enjoying it.
4: Yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, I, I gotta spend $500 on a new fucking TV. You gotta be shitting me right now.
2: <laughs> I mean, all you was... have to do is spend another 349 and get another Vizio.
4: <laughs> no, I went with a Samsung this time because um, I've had better luck with Samsungs and hopefully this one won't crap out on me because if it does then I don't know what I'm gonna do um but yeah the game looks really nice on this new one um that's what I was I gonna say about the whole incident and I mean, it has nothing to do with the game. It's just funny that it ha- happened to happen while I was playing this game. So th- that's my that's my association story.
1: This will forever be the game that broke your TV. Yes. <laughs> yes. It,
4: it technically, it didn't. Because I, I think it was starting to go out for a while, but I thought it was just the cable um, crapping out. Because, you know, those HDMI cables crap out all the time. Um, and it's like, nope. It was the whole picture just completely dead. Mm. Sound worked fine. I don't know if you can play that game uh, audio only. Probably not.
1: No. that one rpg that came out last year that, that oh. is audio only so you could play oh, that
4: right right but um yeah so that that's Valkyria Chronicles in a nutshell um it's on ps3 ps4 xbox is it on xbox Josh uh
1: yes yes okay yeah.
4: um switch and steam and hovers around 20 dollars um it's on sale right now on PSN for like eight bucks i want to say
1: it's um, constantly going on sale for under 10 like you said yeah
4: i th- I think i paid 15 for it when i bought it and he was like that's that's a steal onto itself
3: i wish there was a way to check how much you paid oh well
2: you, you, you should don't definitely have your you, you no should i've definitely, bought
3: a, lo- a lot of stuff
2: you should definitely play this one so you can play the um far superior valkyria revolution oh, <laughs> why <laughs>
4: Uh, Every time what? I see that on sale, I, I ask Josh, I was like, well, is it worth it at that price? No, no, Kel, it's not worth it at any price. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're, we're probably, not doing a backtrack on that because I don't think enough people have played it.
4: I was gonna say since we're not gonna do it, probably not gonna do a backtrack anytime soon. Just briefly tell us what makes that game so bad. Everything.
1: <sighs> it, it. It. They. They tried to make a Muso game with with an add strategic elements, and it was just not very good. And it was a very boring story. And they also got rid of. It, it's not set in the same setting. It's not in Europa. And it's just kind of like it's that uh, the worst part about it is that it is. Aggressively mediocre and okay. thus very forgettable, which to me is just the, the the greatest sin of any any sort of like video game.
4: Okay, gotcha.
1: You
2: kind of lost me at Muso. <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> is it even Tecmo Koei or is it just no. a knockoff? No, Musso. it's a
1: knockoff. Yeah. Okay,
4: that's all I need to know. Not even good enough to be an actual Muso. That
5: Correct. tells you so much.
4: So if they if they could have gotten um, actual Tecmo Koei on that, do you think it could have been? good
5: uh Uh about a 25 percent chance yeah maybe (laughs) i've been surprised before
1: with with some of their their you know collaborations have turned out well so yeah
4: never say never they do good stuff and they can i mean
3: for lack of bad stuff too
4: for lack of a better term they can be pretty good at polishing turds
3: up to an extent uh let's see which one is it uh, warriors all-stars it's, mm, that one's rough dynasty warriors nine mm, that one's i roll good. warriors too yeah yeah agree with that one too wait you guys didn't
5: like age
4: of calamity
3: i don't like the art yeah, style yeah.
4: you're both off the show age of calamity
5: i'll tell you what makes me mad is you've made you've made a game targeted for a single platform that being the switch and it runs like crap on <laughs> the
4: what happened? Oh, no, th- There's no argument there. <laughs> I
3: um, I just don't like I don't like that that, that um my issue is cell I have issues with cell shaded graphics and the cell shaded graphics they use for like Breath of the Wild and Age of Calamity and whatnot is over the line of where I can where I am find it enjoyable to
5: look uh, at. I mean, you're wrong there. The game looks great. It just runs. I think like it poop. looks like ass.
3: So you know, but I'm <laughs> allowed to my opinion, and I know yeah, it's my yeah. opinion. <laughs> I have issues with cell shading because of my depth perception issues. So oh. certain, when it gets too detailed, it, to me, it looks bad. Crimson Tear, Crimson Tear is another example of cell shading gone too far. Yeah. But,
4: uh, I'll, I'll forgive
5: you
3: guys
4: for now.
5: Yeah. Um, I mean, so. it's like pure gameplay wise, uh, other than the, the annoying sections where you have to control one of the guardians, I like the game. But I just, I don't understand like how, like they made high Hy- the first Hyrule Warriors, which runs great on the platforms it's designed. It even runs, if you have a new 3DS, it even runs great on the new 3DS. So I don't understand <laughs> what happened performance wise on that one. Everybody is allowed
2: to be to wrong sometimes. And since we're going to be recording the um, Alliance Alive soon, Matt and Wheels, you get to be wrong soon
5: too. No, no. <laughs> You're wrong. You're yeah. Awesome.
4: yeah, I was on Team Like Alliance Alive, so.
2: Well, you're all three off the show. Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Pascal's got to like carry the whole thing? But I'm charge of this.
2: <laughs> the host, the, both the hosts are off.
4: okay. Well, at least I'll be able to do something else Wednesday Hey, I can play more Elden Ring if I'm still playing it. Um, no, all, all kidding aside, I, I'm curious about one thing though. Um, did anybody play this on Switch?
5: Yes. Okay,
4: no. how did it perform on Switch? It's fine. Okay. Um, because I almost played it there, and then Josh said, like, "Well, it, it really looks a bit better on the big screen."
5: I mean, that's, and, that's absolutely true.
4: <laughs> and yeah, at the time I had a nice big screen that went tits up, and then I got a better big screen, and I was like, "Yeah, Josh is absolutely right." When I can Wait, when, when I can get a picture on a TV, it works beautiful. Sorry, I'm still gonna be bitter about that till the day I die.
2: Um is Welkin as milk toast as I remember?
5: Yeah. He is, he, but he's weird. He's, <laughs> your, he's your lovable weird milk toast. Yeah. Well,
2: what do you mean by That's weird? Funny. Like weird in that he didn't want to bone his adopted sister. Got it. No,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, weird in that he's completely obsessed with nature oh, and—oh, and, go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I was, I, 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 remembered right what you were talking about as you were saying
3: it. Hey, et- etymologists are a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are people who get that into nature and bugs and plants and animals. I mean, there, there are people out there like that. There is nothing wrong with that. What is wrong with you for thinking so? Hmm? Hopefully
1: they've got enough self-awareness not to compare the uh, girl they like— two said bugs, but, you know, some people don't have that self-awareness, and Walken is one of them.
4: I have to admit, I did find Walken to be kind of a dork.
3: Yes, he is very dorkable. He's kind of a dorkable. Uh,
4: I mean, I just, I couldn't take that voice of his seriously
3: when he was uh,
4: commanding people in battle.
5: I feel like if he was a student in the second game, he would have been shoved in a locker.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he would have been just like Mr. Stang Like Mustang or b The
2: kind of voice you want to shove in a locker
4: <laughs> Leos, if you ran into him in the hallway Would you knock his books out of his hand?
5: No, no okay. Maybe, maybe Because <laughs> <laughs> I would And I'm not even like that <laughs> Suddenly
3: I want to make a fanfic That is written as if they were actually in high school or something Oh, I hate my life
2: Well, I mean, Alicia arrests him for being a nerd in the first scene. (laughs) He literally, he's on his way to jail for being a a dork.
4: Oh, poor Walken. And
3: yet he ends up marrying her, you know.
4: Oh, now that we're talking about uh, knocking books out of the hand and other fan fiction stuff, I think it might be a time to put a lid on this. Um,
3: I, I, I think I think you are apt in saying so. Yeah,
4: we're having way too much fun Seems here. Seems like a good time. It's usually a good sign to wrap it up. Not, not that I'm complaining. I'm having a blast. But, um, so that was Valkyria Chronicles. Now, um, the next month, Matt's going to be out of here for summer break. Am I correct? Correct. Um, So it's just gonna be me holding down the fort with editing in hotel rooms. So the the shows might get a little bit delayed in posting, but um, we'll try to do what we can. Um, and Matt's that's really good about getting that stuff edited on laptops. It's just, you, you, you all know hotel wealth, Wi-Fi and how much it sucks. But the good news is that next month is going to be MMO month. So we're starting it off with Classic slash Vanilla WoW. And then we're going to talk about um, a Realm Reborn with just a little bit of Final Fantasy 14 1.0. Because apparently we couldn't find enough people that wanted to suffer do 1.0
3: apparently we barely found enough people to do arr too well i
4: i know i'm gonna get uh wheels or not wheels um jc yeah jc wrapped into that because he played it recently um which will be a nice fresh perspective and then yeah anybody else i can kind of wrangle in maybe maybe chris
3: yeah i i ran short on a little pto i should have enough to get the day off but there's only one slot available i'll know for sure i'll know more thursday for
4: sure okay um and and i can do thursdays next month
3: no i mean i'll know for sure this thursday what i can do do for that date for final fantasy um i the eighth i'm set i am set for the eighth
4: okay cool um sorry sorry a little inside baseball there guys but um but yeah i think mmo month's gonna be fun and pretty much for the next couple of years we're just gonna keep going expansion by expansion um, until we run out of expansions, which Wow well, will probably be never. Um, I'm not sure about fourteen. Um, it's gonna be some ending discussions though, especially with that Wow Classic, because um, we're basically just combining the current Wow Classic as well as the uh Wow Classic Classic, what people played in what 2004, 2004
3: to 2006. Yeah, yeah,
4: because Tam, you said that you were there.
3: I was there. And I was I
4: in think- the beta oh cool and I think uh, Jonathan Stringer who I've, I've been trying to get on the show for god knows how long um, was there and I think he's going to be on so it's going to be an interesting couple of shows the um, next show so that will be that um, th- thank you Josh thank you Tam slash Robert thank you Wheels slash Michael and Pascal for being on tonight and p- putting on with me being out of it apparently
3: No, no, it, it's been a lot of fun I, I really enjoy being on these and I mean, I mean and the, the different views and just how people inter uh, you know take things you know we all play the same game but we all you know find different aspects of them interesting and enjoyable and it's always i always enjoy hearing the different viewpoints
2: i'm always all about nostalgia i'm
4: That's
2: always got left
4: i'm always Girl all days. about t- talking games with my friends awkward silence <laughs> um <laughs> And, of course, I couldn't do this show without my podcast partner and crime Matt, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long month without him, um because he he definitely keeps this ball rolling. Um I, I wrangle the cats and he makes them look pretty
0: or sound pretty. So uh, fun fact, Pascal does not sound like that in real life.
2: I, I sound like welkin from in from inside the locker from with <laughs> from my head submerged <laughs> submerged in the toilet bowl. That's what I really sound like
0: interesting that that's the filter i put on their toilet bowl every time pascal talks these now, episodes take a little longer to get out why at.
2: did you feel the need to start piping up now just to <laughs> just to dog on me a little bit you were so quiet the whole time
0: there was, you know what because i'm sitting here waiting for the ending and then there was all these pauses again Ke- kelly tried to pull a couple jokes on you and tam just stepped in to talk about nothing and i was like oh man trying to get back to the jokes here sorry i didn't help those, them land better earlier
4: uh it's fine you know what we we're not paid for this shit we do it out of the goodness
2: of can our- you just so. insert a rim shot every time um <laughs> a, a joke flatlines,
0: please <laughs> going to say, that'll probably be easy to edit in. I just got to look at the uh, track and be like, oh, look at that 10-second pause. Let me put one there. <laughs>
2: yeah, a rim shot
5: and then some crickets.
0: <laughs> I'll just have them copy and pasted, ready to go.
5: Actually, this inserting be... cricket noises in there would be uh appropriate. <laughs> this is voting. where we
4: pay you the big bucks, Matt. And by big bucks, I mean not. Yep. But we
0: love you anyway. Well, thank you. Hey, we got uh Mr. Apps to get off to his show here. Yes.
5: Uh, do I have to?
3: Ah uh, yeah, that's up to you and your partner, bud.
5: Okay.
0: Get yeah, that,
3: Dave that, to that, sing tonight. That's, a, that's a, <laughs> a, uh, 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 he does that every night. You know obviously someone doesn't watch our show enough. I've not watched, but no,
0: he. You're right. He does sing quite a bit. There's been episodes like last year. Wheels got to go take care of his kid. Dave sings. Talks about <laughs> copyright strikes.
3: Yeah. I
0: haven't gotten one yet.
3: <laughs> yep. That's because it's an it's a um. A, what what's the term a interpretation of the song so it technically <laughs> falls out of the copyright because it's not the actual you know it's someone's interpretation of it and not the actual song itself
0: but that's exactly what he's saying pascal i don't I
5: think right. they care when they're handing out <laughs> copyright strikes
3: it actually does make a difference so under copyright law yeah but
0: they're, they're not using the law when they're handing out the strikes i don't think they care all right well if we're talking q a quest i think it's time to end rpg backtrack i want to talk more about copyright law
5: <laughs> um, we'll, we'll
4: do that later stick around Basket. for the post show <laughs> yes the, the post show that we don't record I have a good one guys it's it's fun to be back and we'll catch you next time
3: <laughs> it's it's been a fun show thank you
4: thank you
2: Shining Force Neo isn't going to program itself.